Welcome to AEC Marketing for Principals, brought to you by Smartages, where we help design and construction firms navigate sales and leverage marketing to win more projects. Here are your hosts, Katie Cash and Judy Sparks. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the AEC Marketing for Principals podcast. I'm your host, Katie Cash, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in strategy, Judy Sparks. And today we have a very special guest for you. We are going to be speaking with Tracy Sibley, the Vice President for Marketing at Brassfoot & Gorey, one of the nation's largest and most well-respected brands in the construction industry. And so Tracy, we're really excited to have you with us today. Thank you for spending some time with us and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, you know, just to get things started, Tracy, I love your LinkedIn profile. You know, your profile opens with living the dream as a marketing services executive in the ever-evolving and exciting construction industry. And I just love that. And why don't you share with us and with our listeners just how you got into this great industry we all know and love and how ultimately you rose to your current position of serving as a vice president for Brassfield. Oh, I appreciate that. And, uh, and I've and to be honest with you, I recently changed that LinkedIn profile just because I want everybody to know how blessed I am to have been a part of this industry for um, a little over 25 years and never, ever imagined um, that I would be in the construction industry. That was not my plan, but I just, um, I, I, I'm blessed every day and I count my, um, I just, I just appreciate everybody's um, willingness to allow me to be, to do this every day um, for my career. So um, so how my journey, my climb to where I am today, um, I graduated from college in 1993 with a degree in business communications and a minor in marketing. Um, I actually interned at an advertising agency in downtown Atlanta, working on the Marriott Hotels account. Um, I loved working at an ad agency and, and it was more, um, I was more involved in, in kind of building their brand and and getting their messages out. And so I really hoped to join the firm upon uh, graduation. Uh, but I was really surprised to um, to learn that I had to compete for an open and entry level positions, and so um, so I kept coming up short. I did apply for those open positions and interviewed just like anybody off the street, and um, and I kept coming up short. So I assumed that agency work wasn't in God's plan for me, um, and none of my other interviews really panned out either. So um, one day I. Um, a guy that I was dating, he and I were driving on 75 and he was attending um, college at Southern Polytech in Marietta, Georgia. And he told me there was a construction firm um, that was building their student center. And he recommended that I send my resume to that company. And I clearly remember saying, why would a construction company need marketing? Um, and pretty much the rest is history. Um, I was a college degree. I interviewed for a receptionist position with what was Georgia's largest GC. Um, it was Beers Construction. Um, it wasn't for an executive suite receptionist. It was for the receptionist re who received all the office mail deliveries, uh, full sets of drawings from subcontractors. So essentially, I bagged and shipped out full sets of drawings. Yes, uh, full sets of drawings. We don't see those very often anymore. What was so wonderful is that I spoke to and got to know most of the key subcontractors that we worked with. So not only did I um, get to know how the company functioned, but also got to know who our partners were. Um, at a pretty quick pace. Um, it was a very busy part of the building, but I wouldn't have changed one thing. So when my day was over at 5.30, um, I headed up to the marketing department to help them with whatever they needed. I filed. 
I cleaned coffee pots. I made copies. I did whatever they needed me to do at the end of the day. Um, and that was really just so I could get to know them better and better understand what they did and how they did it. And within six months, I was their new marketing assistant. Um, so again, blessed that people took a chance on me um, and, um, and just installed that I was willing to work hard and do things out of, out of my role um, that just, to, uh, just to see what was next for myself. So I loved everything about my job. Um, I had the best mentor and teacher around, Jeannie Peck. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today without her. And uh, in 1994, Beers Construction announced they were being acquired by Skanska, which is a large Swedish-based contractor. And they were also opening an office in Orlando. Uh, so I jumped at the chance to be a part of the company's growth and asked to be relocated um, to Orlando and lead their marketing. Um, I was so excited um, that Jeannie was um, supportive and offer, and just said, you know what, it's, it's your chance to grow and, and shine. And so she fully supported my, my uh, transition to the Orlando office. And so for over a year, I was a jack of all trades, marketing coordinator, receptionist, IT office manager, HR, you name it. I was it and I touched it. Um, I did get involved with SMPS, which was the premier national AEC organization for marketers. That's the Society for Marketing Professional Services. Um, that is really where I started to build my my network. Um, I mean, you are only as as strong as the network that you build around you. Um, there's there's so many times where I've tapped into my network that I've had for 20 years. Um, so I strongly encourage anyone that doesn't have a strong network to make that a priority. Um, it is not very hard to do, but you definitely have to um, put time and effort into it. Yeah, it takes work um, to build that network for sure. It absolutely, it absolutely does. And you never know when you're going to need it because, um, you know, something could happen with, with the company you work for and those are the people that you lean on the most and the people that actually come through for you um, when you need them the most. So, Your intro to the industry is so similar to um, many marketers in our industry that, that go to school and obtain education and just land in it and we catch the bug and we love it and we stay in it. So, you know, let's fast forward to today, Tracy, and um, talk to us really about, you know, what does it look like day in the life of um, serving as vice president for a brand such as Brassfield and Gorey? What does, what does that day-to-day -day look like? My day-to-day -day really is to be there as a resource and support to the rest of my team. Uh, we currently have 29 uh, members of the marketing department within Brassfield and Gorey. And they have many different disciplines. So I'm, I pretty much just, I touch base with them as often as possible to see what they're working on, what their challenges are, um, and, and ask what resources they need. Um, and to be honest with you, and I get out of the way um, in order to, to, you know, allow them to, um, to, to grow and to spread their wings and, and to uh, solve problems on their own. And um, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, but I'm also, from a strategy standpoint, um, I also, on a day-to-day -day basis, work with our uh, executive team members to talk about strategy of, of, of different markets that we want to look at, getting into uh, different geographies that we um, that we see as an opportunity for Brassfield and Gorey to, um, to to either strengthen or to embark on. Um, so I work with the um, with a lot of the executive team, the senior leadership team members at Brassfield and Gorey. Um, but then I also look at our day-to-day -day operations uh, within the department to see what we could be doing more efficiently um, and also 
um, make sure that I keep my, my, you know, my finger on the pulse of what's happening in the industry, what technologies are, um, are being introduced to make sure that we are um, on the cutting edge of, of using our technologies and, and being the most efficient department that we possibly can. Um, and also, um, you know, reaching out to our internal clients, making sure that we are providing the best service that they, that they are looking for and in order to make them successful. So, um, so that's really on a day-to-day basis that I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of phone calls, a lot of touch points, um, just picking up the phone, how, you know, how's everything going? Um, but I really uh, allow my team to um, kind of, you know, do, do what they do best and just provide the support. And it could be, you know, money, resources, whatever they need to be successful. Judy and I have had the chance to work alongside many of your team members um, over at Brassfield and Gore and have to compliment you that you really do have a very talented, very driven bunch over there that um, are really passionate about, you know, helping the Brassfield and Gore brand uh, grow and succeed. So I just wanted to compliment you on, on building a really great uh, team over there. And Tracy, to, that, you. to that note, um, listening to your story, how you began, um, it's so interesting yet so familiar i think a lot of marketers um in our industry do exactly what you described in that we don't know coming out of college that there's a career path in design and construction for a marketer and once we get our foot in the door whether that's answering the telephone or filing or washing off coffee pots uh, we quickly realize that there is this heartbeat inside of a, a construction or design firm that really requires um, a different skill set. And that is, you know, how to sell your services and how to position your brand, um, which is outside of the technical trades. I think that is um, just a bit, very familiar story. And, but so um, I, I suppose necessary, I think when you and I came into the industry, it really was like that. I see the industry changing now where there's more of a deliberate effort to find um, the marketing degreed marketing skill set um, coming into a firm. Um, a lot of marketers are not starting out at the front desk anymore. So reflecting on your journey and watching the journey of your team members now, what do you think are some of the nuances and differences that you see today of these new marketers coming out of school and, and joining your team? Um, that's a great question. And to be honest with you, we are currently uh, interviewing for a position uh, for our Dallas office. And um, and so you know it it kind of changes based on the position that you're that you're looking for and and the, and the people that you're being exposed to. Um, if we're looking for an entry level person, a lot of them, um, you know, obviously they're either they're marketing or public relations um, that really would be interested in in a position such as the ones that we have available to them as an entry level. Um, but it's we've taken chances on a few other. Um, a, a few other folks that didn't have a marketing degree, but they had a passion for working hard and being part of a culture that celebrates them and celebrates wins. And, um, and so the company is, as a whole and as a department, we've had to get creative with the type of person or candidate that we're looking to, um, to join our team. So I think um, we're kind of seeing that it, you know, it, it's a nice to have to, you know, to be able to have somebody that, you know, that went to school for marketing. But at the end of the day, if they're interested in learning more and are then are willing to be a sponge and willing to take some time to learn the industry um, and they're patient with us and they're patient with themselves, um, it's more about a culture fit. 
for us right Absolutely. now um, than anything else because we can teach them the trade. Um, we can teach them about the business and we can teach them, uh, you know, how to use the software. But, um, but if it's all about now, you know, hiring for attitude and mm-hmm. hiring for, um, you know, for passion, to be honest. And so that's, that's kind of where we're, we're, we're having to shift. We've shifted, you know, along those lines for the last, you know, about three to four years. So what I hear you saying is a, a degree in marketing doesn't necessarily teach you grit, which is so important in our industry. We have a, you know, our industry is full of um, really hardworking individuals that are very passionate about their role in, a, in the greater scheme of things and the greater project. And um, we experience that at Smarties as well. We have a pretty formal um, internship program that goes from intern to full-time hire. And I'd say only about 50% of the people who go through that program actually make it to the full-time position simply because they're not showing the same level of interest or um, personal investment. Um, It's not that they don't have the technical skills in terms of software or, um, you know, comprehensive understanding. I think everyone that we hire is super smart, but it's those individuals that just go that a little bit extra um, in terms of investing themselves in the know-how and asking a lot of questions. We call it natural curiosity at our firm. So what I hear you saying is that that's, that's true within your company as well. It's, it's attitude over everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not being so focused on the, the vertical growth as opposed right. to the horizontal growth. We try, uh, we try and encourage people that it's not always about the title. It's about growing who you are personally and professionally um, to kind of stretch yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone. And, that, and to be honest with you, that's more of a, of, of a horizontal growth than it is a vertical growth. So we try and encourage them that that's just as important um, as the vertical growth. And, you know, um, from where I sit, having observed, you know, Brassville and Gory from a distance and having the chance to walk your team, I have to say that you guys have probably one of the strongest brands in our industry that I've ever seen and would love your insight on exactly what kind of Kool-Aid are you mixing up over there for (laughs) your brand brand living? Because, you know, there's this ongoing uh, kind of comedic statement that, you know, nobody ever leaves Bradsfield, you know, they they bleed blue, like they're never going anywhere. But there's also this, this big appreciation for Bradsfield as a provider that we hear from owners talk, you know, and seeing your guys' praises. So you got to be doing something right. Um, Can you shed some light on that from where you sit? Absolutely. And, um, and, I w- and it comes from the top, to be honest. Um, and I have drank the Kool-Aid. Um, I have, again, been in the industry for 25. I worked for another company that did not have the same culture as Brass Hills and Gory um, for whatever reason. Um, but coming to Brass Hills and Gory, it's, it's, you, can't, you can't explain it. You can't bottle it. It's just something that you, that you learn and that you just sit there and say, wow, I didn't realize a company it was possible to have a culture like this, um, that the company actually promotes this kind of culture. And I mean, it's not just on paper. It is seen by our leaders and it's also seen by our co-ops and interns that, um, you know, once they're here, they, they just, they don't want to leave. Um, and so it's, it's hard to explain it, but, um, but it comes from the top. And, um, and like I said, we hire for culture. We hire for a culture fit um, more than anything else because that's so important to us to maintain. Um, now, you know, I think we're getting into our third generation of, of leadership here at Brassville and Gory. Um, so um, our second generation is starting to 
kind of look at retirement. And so it's extremely important for those folks to, um, to, to, to make sure that that culture um, stays intact for the, you know, for the future generations. But um, where it comes from, it's just, I mean, you know, Mr. Gorey, you know, his, his famous statement is, if I have any talent at all, it's to hire the best people. Um, and it's not the smartest people. It's, it's the best people. And, um, and that's actually on our walls in many of our offices. And, and so we don't want to disappoint Mr. Gorey. And we, we want to make sure that we hire the right people and, and, we, and we, you know, maintain their success and, and we invest in our people. Um, and so I just, I think that's, you know, you know yes, there, it's all about, it is about making money. Um, but at the end of the day, the people are who is making the money. That's, that's who's helping the company grow. Um, and that's where we need to put our investment and our time and our energy is into our people. And, and I really, I, I know that, uh, you know, our, that the employees of Brasfield and Gorey feel that and they see that um, yeah. with everything we do. It's not just, it's not just talk. It's not just, you know, in a corporate newsletter. Um, they see it from their supervisors and their colleagues. Well, and we um, see it from the outside. So I, I think whatever you're doing, keep it up. It, it's really working and um, continuing to add value to that brand with it, each and every project and everybody that you hire that is embodying those those brand values. I do want to pivot for a quick minute, but go back to something you said a little bit earlier, and that is kind of this idea of um, disruptive change that's occurring across many industries, but maybe a little bit more rapidly for us in the design and construction where we're a couple of trends behind, especially on, on the digital marketing front. And you, you mentioned that you're always challenging your team and trying to make sure you're staying up to date with the latest and greatest trends and best practices and would love to pick your brain a little bit on exactly what you're seeing from, from your perspective in terms of what's changing with sales and marketing in our industry. What are you doing and where are you going to make sure you're staying up to date there? Um, great question. From a technology standpoint, it, it's reading. It's reading a lot. It's, it's reading blogs. It's um, going to some industry conferences that maybe are not your traditional conferences um, to expose you to different things. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, every day I get, I get emails from five or six different um, sales, um, salespeople uh, promoting their, their, new, their latest and greatest tool to help me become more efficient. And so it's really kind of, you know, really parting, parting through all that and, and making sure that you understand what people are um, what offering and what other your competitors are using and, and why they're using it. And, um, and so we're seeing, you know, from a technology standpoint, that's, um, you know, we, I'm, on, I'm on quite a few phone calls with salespeople just so I can hear their, their sales pitch um, and what their tool can do. Um, before and it, and it takes a while for us to um, actually adopt a new t- a new technology, um, but we're seeing that. We're also seeing that um, we're really competing quite a bit for good talent, not just in marketing, but also throughout the industry. And I know you know that everybody else is is seeing the same thing. But in in order to get the best people um, to join your team, it's um, providing a true work life balance. Um, being flexible with with uh, with the person and whatever they you know might be going through, um, you definitely need um, consistent performance review process. I, I can I mean that's just fascinating to hear um, during some interviews that um, so many companies don't have a formal uh, performance review process or not a um, or not a consistent review process because everybody wants to know 
what they're doing, how they're doing, um, and, and what their next steps are, what they need to look forward to. And I just, um, and I also think just uh, supervisors who care is extremely important, not just that they care that they're showing up at eight o'clock in the morning, but they actually care about them as people. Um, I think that is a huge, um, but, you know, just kind of going and making sure that we are, um, that, that we're also providing opportunities to, um, to partner with folks within the company and not just, you know, every day is not the same day. It shouldn't be the same day. It should have a variety of, of things that, that we're asking people to think about um, and, and, to, and to challenge them. But, um, but I think it's just, a, I mean, people are looking for a variety. Um, and, and their work and what they're being asked to do. And um, so I think there's a lot of those types of changes going on in the industry of, um, and also figuring out different ways to sell ourselves um, and, um, and not just um, how, um, it's not just in our proposals, it's how do we reach our clients, um, our current clients and our prospective clients, how do we reach them differently um, without um, inundating them with more content than what they're currently getting, which is pretty um, pretty enormous uh, amounts of content that we all get. You mentioned um, at the start of that, you mentioned that you you seek out kind of some non-traditional conferences and groups. Can you, for our listeners out there that might be looking for that opportunity, would you recommend any by name? Could you mention any of those? Sure. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, everybody has some sort of a data management uh, system, um, either it's Essential or it's um, Salesforce or it's Dell Tech. Um, and so I think um, a couple of our folks have actually gone to the Dreamforce conference uh, that Salesforce puts on in San Francisco. And I mean, you can become extremely overwhelmed by that conference, but there's so many different uh, sessions okay. um, over, I think it's a span of like three or four days. I mean, they take over the city pretty much during that conference, but they're, I mean, but to kind of find your niche or the sessions that you think would resonate with you um, and then bring that intelligence back to your company, I think is important. Um, even if you don't use Salesforce, I think just understanding uh, how a data management system can work. Um, and so I think they, um, they take it to the next level. Um, I haven't, I know Dell Tech does it, um, some conferences, but, um, but I think Salesforce just understanding how your, how your content and how your, your content management system can work for you, I think um, would be, in, I think it would be really important. Um, I also think um, just seeking out professional speakers um, that, you know, um, that actually talk about professional, not only um, professional development, but how to take care of you. Um, and instead of, because we always, you know, when you're at this level, you tend to um, really focus on all your people, um, you know, 12 hours a day. Um, and, and making sure that you're supporting them. But I think it's important um, for us um, at, at a certain level to take care of ourselves too. So seeking out some conferences that might kind of help, help hit the reset button a little bit, um, I think is important to, to find those. Um, also from a technology standpoint, um, I've actually attended a, um, another conference. It was here in Orlando. Um, it was about digital marketing. And I know that seems more from a technical standpoint, um, and it can be kind of a, a hybrid of a more of a, a technical conference as opposed to more of a content generation um, conference. But, um, but maybe if you bring a technical person with you um, so that you can kind of talk through what makes sense for the company and how we can, you know, how you can might integrate that into your current um, technology might be, um, might be in, in, interesting. 
Um, so yeah, so I think just in that, it's not just an SMPS national conference. It's, it's kind of, you know, kind of getting out there into, into different, um, into different areas that you may not think that you would gain intel, but, um, but just to be open, yeah, uh, open to some of the content that you might learn. Absolutely. So important. So Tracy, you mentioned uh, two things just now that caught my attention. One was a reference to a 12 hour day. Um, I'd like to hear more about that because um, I think that this idea of work-life balance um, has changed to what I call work-life integration. It's um, I think that you're, that a lot of firms, um, including ours and ones that we work for, have embraced this idea that technology has integrated into our lives. And while we stay connected, we're, we're also working longer hours because we're connected for a longer period of time. And so we've, we have replaced work-life balance with the idea of work-life integration. <laughs> and the other um, thing that you said was this, um, this reference to perhaps needing to partner more with your technology folks at a company on the IT front because so much of marketing is going digital these days. Can you just touch on those two things for us um, before we wrap up? Is What is the realistic expectation for a marketer in our space, uh, especially when they're first starting out? How many hours do you think of an average marketer who's really ambitious about their career are putting in? And two, um, what is that partnership with IT these days now that the distribution channel of choice seems to be digital? Great questions. And I appreciate you um, allowing me to expand on that. Um, so the 12 hour days is really for my typical, um, my, some, you know, some days are that, for example, um, I just had um, two back-to-back -back, uh, one day travel days. Um, that started at, you know, 6.30 in the morning. I had to be at the airport. Um, and so I, you know, I got to the office, had my meetings back at the airport, and I didn't get home until 9.30 at night. Um, so that is, and, and I'm not saying that sitting in an office for 12 hours. Um, I'm just saying that that is, that's pretty consistent with, um, with I'm, I'm assuming people at my level, um, mm -hmm. that you're always on. And the fact that you've got different time zones. Um, that your company works in that you're continuing to, to, to monitor. Um, so, I mean, I'm on my crisis management team. So I always say Fridays are not my favorite day because and Friday until 7 p.m. is when I can actually relax um, because I know that there's a much lower possibility of, of a crisis happening on one of our jobs that I need to, um, I need to pretty much drop everything I've, you know, that I've got going on and, and attend to that. Um, so that's me, but a typical marketer, um, in today's world, um, I, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I keep saying, I just want eight, I just want eight hours. I know the, uh, you know, younger generation coming in, they like a lot more of a casual work environment now. Um, and not to say that while they're here for eight hours, that they're not jumping on their laptop, um, you know, that, that night for an hour to knock some things out that might've come up, um, when they left the office. Um, and we do provide that flexibility with laptops and, and VPN and working from home, but that's not the expectation. Um, but I, in today's world, I mean, I'd like to see, you know, somebody given at least nine hours a day. Um, mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people work at, you know, eat lunch at their desks. And um, I don't encourage that. I, I encourage people to walk around, say hi to everybody, check in, um, take a lunch. Um, my goodness, get out of the office. You know, walk around the, if you've got the capability to walk around, get, you know, get to change the scenery. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I feel that I've worked really hard to create a, um, a department that, um, that it's not 
that grind where it's, you know, 12 hour days, you know, five days a week, some weekends. Um, I think that um, we've built a team and the resources within the team that allows people to, um, to work hard when they need to, but then also um, take half day on Friday um, just to go and be with their family. And, um, and so I, I definitely encourage all of that, but, um, but, but when, you know, when, when it's necessary, I, I expect 110% um, for people to give everything they got and I, you will be rewarded. Um, and that's not the expectation every day. Um, but just to be, um, you know, and also, you know, taking ownership of what's on their plate. Um, so the 12 hour days are, are, it's more for, I mean, at my level, um, that's, that's pretty typical, to right. be honest. Um, but I do, um, but, but that's more my choice than anything else. Um, I certainly could, you know, scoot out of here after eight hours, but, um, but I just feel the need to, to be there for my team and, and, and have them see me present. I think being present is so important. And, and for your team um, to know that you're that you're fully involved and and that you are um, you're there for them if they need you. It's really well said, and Tracy. Then, and there's no doubt uh, how well you've done building this culture because I can tell you, having worked alongside your team and and other, you know, some of your competitors that the marketers in your department are really highly respected throughout the industry, and everyone is wondering how you're able to maintain um that level of enthusiasm and the employee retention is is really really impressive so congratulations to you for creating that atmosphere for for your team and um there's no doubt why they respect you so much and and want to stay and spend their careers at brassfield and Bory. i think it's really remarkable um so congratulations to you for that well i appreciate it. i have great leadership i've got six other folks on the marketing leadership team um, that also provide that that connectivity with their with their teams and um, and so I think all of us work really well together to to make sure that our our folks know that we care about them and that they're important to who we are and and our growth and our and our wins to be honest and and we celebrate them we celebrate them every day um, That's so awesome. we use we use a channel called Slack a, a communication channel Slack. That is the only um, platform that we use to communicate within the department. And that has been a game changer for us um, as a department because we have marketers sitting in six of our 12 offices. And so we're, we're disconnected. We do get together once a year as a team. Um, and it's a great team building opportunity. But Slack has provided us an opportunity to really um, interact with each other on a daily basis. Um, and so it really, it's, it's pretty amazing that um, you know, when they're when the when the company has a win, um, it's emailed to the company. But then we have a Slack channel that's called Marketing Wins, and we sit there and celebrate the people that were part of that win. We sit there and say, "Way to go!" You know, I can't believe we got another healthcare job, or um, you know, I know you worked really hard on this one. Congratulations! And so that's it's awesome. We, we celebrate them um, and their hard work, even though you know we may not see them every day, but we want to be a part of their um, a part of their wins. Um, and so we do, we, uh, we do all, I mean, that's just a, a, a sliver of what we do, but um, a lot of it's business related and, and project related, but that is our, that is our only communication forum um, is Slack. And, um, and I think it's really brought us together. It's got, it brought us, it has brought us closer together um, more than any other um, phone call. I mean, you can have phone calls every single week, but it, I don't, I don't think it would have brought us together um, and as close as Slack has brought us together. Well, and a lot of your 
team is a, a different generation that grew up with technology in the classroom and the in the workplace and and using a platform like Slack. I know that's that's pretty common in a lot of different industries. Um, it is a different way of communicating, and it it resonates with this this younger workforce. I think it's um, it's great that you guys are using that. I I see a lot of companies using similar tools, and and you're right, it's not. A replacement for email or phone calls. It just the the result of it, the interaction and engagement is much better, in my opinion. Um, so it's great to hear that you guys have adopted that as well. Perfect. And so and did, that's a good segue to how does IT get involved in that, and what does that partnership look like? <laughs> we love IT. Um, if you don't love IT, you have to. You've got to learn to love IT. Um, <laughs> They are, I mean, again, so um, I actually um, had a member on my team um, and she was our information um, manager and information technology manager. And um, she had a love for technology and, um, and she was a marketer. And so um, I kind of thought one day, you know, you, you probably are in the right spot. You're, you're a great marketer, but you have such great talent for information technology and processes and project management. Um, so she actually is kind of a three-legged stool. So she has, um, she spends 33% of her time in business development, 33% of her time in marketing, and 33% of her time in IT. Um, and she's amazing. And so she is really the connector um, for us with IT. Um, you have to partner with IT because, um, you know, if you're talking about bringing on a new technology um, or new system, you have to understand how that integrates into the rest of the company's software platforms. Um, if it's going to compete with it or if it's going to complement it. Um, and so you, um, they've been a great partner of ours, to be honest. And currently we're looking at a new internet uh, platform. And, and so we, again, set up a Slack channel and we threw out, you know, all the different companies that we're aware of. And, and we interviewed with folks and we met with folks and, and it was a core, it was four people. So it was our CF, it was our CIO. It was our director of architecture um, and technology. It was myself and my communications manager. Um, and so we interviewed folks and were to a point, I mean, it took us a little bit longer than I would have hoped. Because again, marketers like to um, set a goal, set a deadline and, and make it happen. Um, IT takes a little bit longer um, to come to a conclusion, which is fine. Um, I like to be, um, I like to make sure we're making the right decision. Um, but, um, but at the end of the day, um, they are fully on board with what we're doing. And now we're, now we're going to take this journey together um, instead of it us just saying, Hey, we're going to, you know, we, we want this new technology and we're going to start using it or we just start using it and then IT becomes aware of it and then becomes a problem for the company. So, um, and they also help us find better ways to, to work the technology, to be honest. Um, um, just, to, just because we think something might work for us, they're able to really dig into the details um, about, you know, whether or not it's the right fit for the company because we also have to be mindful of that as well. Um, and they, they go again, so they go to all these, you know, technological conferences to so hear about all of this and they understand what the downfalls of some might be that we're not aware of, that we're not being told by the salespeople that are trying to sell us. And um, so they're, they're extremely knowledgeable in, um, in what, what is going to, again, what's, what's going to complement the company's infrastructure um, and what might not complement the company's infrastructure. And, and they also know what is on the horizon. We may not know what, what they're thinking about um, that the company is working toward. Um, and so what we might be thinking about or talking about or planning for might not be in that plan. So, um, so they've, been, they've been a great partner of ours. 
Um, but you just, you have to, you've got to, you know, be willing to, um, to kind of speak their language and, and be patient. And, um, but they've been, you know, there's a lot of the things that we've actually um, brought on board and brought online that probably could not have been possible without their involvement. So they, and they're great advocates too. Um, so there, there is a technology that, that we want that we think would be good for us and make us more efficient. Um, they can act, they're actually a great advocate. Um, if it is a technology that, that they support and that they, um, they feel is, um, is, is something that would benefit the company, they're a great advocate as well. It really is all about teamwork and having, you know, the right people in the right spots that really help, you know, firms like, like Brass and Agori achieve high levels of success. So, you know, Tracy, you've been awesome with us today. I really do admire your journey. It's clear that, you know, you've, you've got the solid education background, you put in the grit, you put in the time, you, you did the work to um, get to where you are today, serving as a vice president for a really substantial construction firm, there are a lot of brands out there where maybe marketing might not have the seat at the table, or, you know, maybe they might not even see the need to have marketing be part of that, that business level discussion. So I'd, I'd like for you as, as we wrap up today to kind of think about what advice you would give those directors, those um, executives, you know, the principals of other design and construction firms out there and, and how they should start thinking about their marketing teams and their marketing leadership and, and really what benefit there is to the company and the company's growth at having someone like yourself be part of that, that inner circle and um, being part of the, you know, if it will, having a seat at the decision makers table. Sure. Um, to be honest, so I was the, um, I was the first female vice president at Brassel and Gorey. Fantastic. Um, coming, Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> it was very exciting. And I was not aware that that was the case when, um, when I joined Brassel and Gorey. But, um, but now we have seven, which is amazing. And um, so it's only been nine years. Um, and that's, you know, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not crazy about that number, but the number is growing um, in the right direction, which is great. Um, and so I already felt that I had um, a seat at the table, but then I had to earn that seat at the table, um, to be honest. And it's not just the title. So every time I show up, either on a phone call or, a, or an in-person meeting, um, you have to provide value um, to, what, um, to what is at stake and what they're asking you to, to do. And, and I, I press that with my team. I don't care if you're a marketing coordinator. Um, you too can have a seat at the table. Um, you just have to provide the value. And, and I really lean on my leadership team within the marketing department to, um, to really give them the tools and understanding and knowledge and confidence um, to, to actually go after that seat of the table. Um, there have been, I mean, I've got marketing coordinators that are sitting in presentation strategy meetings and they're actually coaching um, the presentation and they're, they're coaching superintendents and, and operations managers um, on how to deliver the message. So um, it's not just me. Um, I mean, I've, I feel like I've got it just because of my title and because I'm a department head, but, um, but I, fully um, support and encourage. And to be honest with you, I, I expect um, our team to um, earn that seat at the table. And it was, it was interesting in 2010 um, and uh, during our first annual marketing retreat um, department meeting, um, I had an exercise and I said, where do you see us as a department today? And so we wrote, I mean, there was a ton of, of ideas thrown out there and um, and not favorable, to be honest. And then I said, where do you see ourselves? Where, where do you see this department in five years? 
Um, and so I threw up a bunch of, um, a bunch of great ideas and, and great goals. And so um, in 2015, I pulled those, um, those pages out and um, we kicked off our, that annual department meeting. And I said, okay, in 2010, we said, this is where we wanted to be. And let's see how we did. And one of them was seat at the table and um, among other things, but we checked off every single one of those things that we said we wanted to do and what we wanted, who we wanted to be in five years. And, um, and we worked really hard to, um, to have a seat at the table, but it's important um, because we have different ideas. We've got, you know, it's all about inclusion. Um, but again, it's, um, you know, it, it's a lot to ask. And I know a lot of companies don't, um, don't, don't really um, have open arms. Uh, for, you know, a younger marketing person to, you know, sit at a strategy meeting. But, you know, if my corporate marketing director or my regional marketing director does have that seat at the table, I, I tell them, bring your coordinator in there um, and, and have them at least just listen and observe um, what, you know, how, how you interact, your conversations, um, how you deliver your message. Um, that's the only way they're going to learn. Um, so, you know, I'm, we're very fortunate here at Brassel and Glory. We're, we're a very inclusive um, uh, company. And no matter what your role is, um, you are always encouraged and welcome um, at any type of meeting, um, just as long as you're, you're there for a purpose and you, and you provide value. So, um, yeah, that's, that's encouraged from, from day one that, that I always say that I don't want you sitting behind, um, behind a desk in front of a computer for eight hours a day just turning stuff out. Uh, you need to you need to open up your mind and, and you need to, you know, you need to strengthen your, your ability to problem solve. And so, you know, it takes work, but, um, but it's pretty rewarding when you, when you're sitting at the table and, and you're listening to all these great ideas. Yeah. Great. And Tracy, I think it's so important that you encourage your team to do that because I think what we have found is a lot of our team members uh, want to do that, but they just need the nod. They need to, they need to see somebody in an executive role, give them the nod and tell them it's okay to grab that seat. And I think you've done that beautifully. And it shows with the way you've empowered your team to have a voice and take a leadership role. It is very obvious whenever you interact with anyone on your team. So congratulations for that. We echo all of your philosophies and, and we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Um, I know you're busy and I just have a feeling that this episode is going to be one of our most popular ones. I think you have shared so many points of wisdom for marketers just starting out as well as seasoned marketers uh, such as yourself. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Tracy. And for any of our listeners out there, if you want to connect with Tracy, you can look her up on LinkedIn. She is Tracy Sibley, Vice President for Marketing at Brassfield and Gorey. And um, thanks again. Thank you, ladies, very much. Um, this has been uh, an incredible journey for me. I, I love what I do and I, and I love working with the people that I do every single day. So I thank you for giving me the opportunity. Well, everybody out there um, listening, have a great week. Hopefully you can get out there and sell and win some work. Take care. You've been listening to AEC Marketing for Principals, brought to you by Smartergies. If you like this episode, please let us know by visiting aecmarketingpodcast.com where you can learn more ways to position your brand and sell to owners.